two, one, go! <laughs> oh, you're gonna say blast off. I, I said blast off in my head. How did you know that? Because I'm in your head. You look so cute. You look so cute. You got your little fuzzy sweater on. Oh, it's that one. I love that one. It says fuck off on the bottom. It's fun. How are you? I'm doing good. I had a good work. I had a really good productive day today. Remember we were, you suggested that we start doing little um, good things that have happened? Oh, little hoorays. Yeah. Can we do it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to? Yeah. You go first. I have been putting stuff in my hair. <laughs> I've been putting stuff in my hair to like make it healthier. Mm-hmm. Also secret, but you didn't hear it from me to make it grow because I mistakenly cut bangs. <laughs> I like styled it today and it just feels like very thick and like very like healthy and it looks um, thank you and yeah it just feels good you know it looks I can't I mean we're on zoom but like it looks very shiny and healthy for sure thanks CV also told me that my eyes uh remind her of Sharon Tate's eyes they do and that just made me really happy and I haven't stopped thinking about it well I, I started with your eyes because the picture that I saw was a close-up of Sharon Tate's eyes but then I realized you just look like Sharon Tate like not only in your facial structure but like in your voluminous hair and your overall like 70s vibe like I'm trying that I'm thank you Stevie you're welcome Emily <laughs> my hooray is that I have um a photo shoot that I'm doing on Sunday and I have to bring a bunch of clothes with me and so but the photographer doesn't want like black or pastels um which is all I own so I raided my mom's closet and uh my mom was just like sitting in her bed and I like did a little fashion show for her for a few hours as I tried on a bunch of clothes and it was really fun that's so cute it was super fun. And then my mom got like excited and into it and she started picking out clothes to bring in for me to wear and we were listening to music and it was just fun. That's so cute. I love living with women. Like growing up with just my mom was truly like such a beautiful, like, did you see Florence Gibbons story today about like the girl's bathroom and how that becomes like almost like a backstage yeah. performance? I feel like my home was like that, which I guess is your home should yeah. be that you shouldn't be like in performance mode, but with just my mom and I, it was like such like a feminine um, little sanctuary that she always kept very like safe and girly and like fun. And so it just reminded me of that because it was just the two of us here today. That's really cute. Not that I don't love Marcus, but he is a man. He is a man. CB and I were talking about how um, Jillian had interior, some interior design magazine or something. Mm-hmm. Um, photograph inside of her house that she lived in at some point in England Mm -hmm. and we were talking about how like we love her style I mean her style is right spot on we were talking about how like we love the way that she styled her house styled decorated her house (laughs) because like her house is the way that we imagined wanting our houses to look like when we grew up, but yeah. never thinking that like an adult's house could look like that. Exactly. Like she had pink wallpaper with orange flowers. Like that's my dr- dream. And well, we're going to, well, first of all, our apartment's going to be fucking rad because we both have immaculate taste. True. We do. Um, and much like Jillian's house, there will also be boobs everywhere. Everywhere. That makes me feel safe. <laughs> yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I got a little, um, 
I bought this months ago before we even knew that we were moving and it's the, it's like hangers, like for like your keys or stuff or like scarves or necklaces or something, but it looks like boobs. I know. I'm so excited. I love it. Me too. Anyways, do you want to play a game? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So our brains are tired listeners. And so because of that, we wanted to do a fun game, which is something that we sometimes do. And I don't have a name for it. So if anybody comes up with a fun name for it and you like it and we want and you want us to do it again, let us know. If you don't, that's okay. Um, but please tell us. But yeah, but tell us if it's, <laughs> tell us if this is a hit or a miss, okay? Um, what we're gonna do is we're each going to tell the other one a song, any song. We'll play a little bit of it so we don't get in trouble for copyright, but like so that you can hear what it is. And then the other person will come up with a headcanon to that song. It has to be. It's either like. So we're gonna do X Files, right? It's gonna be Mulder, Scully, and no, Mulder. really? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I know it's a surprise. Are you prepared yeah. for that? <laughs> I think I was. Yeah. Yeah. I think I can do that for sure. So it's gonna be about. It can be about. You can do Stella and Scully if you wanted to. Like it can be any kind of headcanon, like in that world. Are you right? sure? Yeah. Okay. Do what okay. you want. Do whatever you All want. Right. Um. And so the headcanon either has to be like inspired by the song, like like the vibes just make you think of like this kind of like environment, like if you were watching it in a movie or something, you could do it like the characters listening to the song in mm. their real life. Either it's like vibes makes you think of it or like it could, that song can literally be in the headcanon, your rules. And that's what we're going to do. I'm so excited. Me too. Will you go first? Yeah. You want me to give you a song first? Yeah. Okay. I tried, we're going to do three each, I think. And we're going to like, I really want to, I tried to like get a balance of the vibes. I'm going to start off somewhere in the middle. Okay. Of vibes. Okay. Okay. Okay, So the first song is Do by the White Stripes. (gasps) Okay. I forgot to say in the beginning that mm. the the head cannons can be smut, but they could be anything. Like they could look. Literally- oh, why? Because all of ours are gonna be smut. This one's gonna be smut. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. <laughs> Open the door. Like it could be. I don't it could know. be anything. Anything. Probably gonna be smut though. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is okay. so um, this is gonna be like you're like watching it like it's music video style almost. Okay. Right? Okay. Like filmed. Yeah. And yes. it's Mulder and Scully. Like mm-hmm. circa Diana era. I was gonna say we we should do characters era yeah. and then scenario. Yeah. So it's gonna be okay. like circa like so it's like season six, right? Okay. Like like when she's like like peak jealousy about Diana, right? It's the headcanon that they've been kind of casually having sex before and then Diana's there. So like they're still having sex but they don't have an established relationship, but it's like definitely emotionally involved, right? basically you're watching it like a music video it's like very angsty and angry and like they like burst into a motel room making out right and like scully's fully in charge in charge and like okay (laughs) lots of like pushing into walls kind of like jillian does in that um blooper and fight the future that's a good one that was a good one that was a great song oh god okay i picked too many songs and we can make a little playlist out of this and like post it and then if people like it we could do this like every other week or something like do a little yeah. headcanon playlist i hope people MSR like this playlist. because i think it's so i know it's so much fun if you don't like it be honest please 
Yeah, be honest, because we'll just do this in private then. Yeah. We'll continue to do this in we private do it anyways. Okay, I'm changing <laughs> the vibe. You know the song. This is called Reminiscing by Little River Band. I am so happy that you included that one because I was just making breakfast the other day listening to that and I was like, I have to bring this up on the podcast before we decided to do this. The first time I heard that song, I told Stevie immediately. I was like, I feel like Scully would fuck with this song so hard. And it just reminds me of Scully in like the warmest way. And I have a, I, I, so I think, okay, yeah, no, this is 100% headcanon as Scully listens to this song. Era is really anytime, but for some reason I imagine like, like I could see like, I want to believe, okay, two options, right? One is on the run or two, uh, I want to believe. Okay. And let me tell you why. Okay. My headcanon for when they were on the run is that Scully was dealing with a lot of trauma that um, made her very, like, isolated, Mm -hmm. even when she was with Mulder the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do believe that, like, she – I do believe that, like, she came out or, you know, started to heal at some point. Mm -hmm. And so I'm imagining this as like a little moment of joy that she was, that she found because maybe like her parents listened to the song or something and it comes on like when they're on the run and they're in a motel somewhere and she's cooking something and maybe she has like nothing on, not, hold on. (laughs) She has nothing on, um, on the bottom but she has like one of his like t-shirts like not even t-shirts like one of his like denim button-ups or like corduroy Mm -hmm. button-ups or something like that she has her hair up like she does in hollywood ad and when she's in the bath hell yeah she's singing that song and like Mulder, like walks out of the bathroom or something or he walks in and she's just like kind of just and she's like singing but she like isn't like her voice is like not cracking, but it's like where it's breathy singing because she doesn't want him to hear her sing. I want to believe would be the same thing, but I think it would be just like much more. She would really be going for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I like on the run is like a little groove, but like I want to believe is like get down. <laughs> I want to believe is like like Mulder comes up behind her yeah. and like starts dancing with her, and then like they do this annoying like forehead to forehead bullshit that they do oh cute but i but on the run i don't know they wouldn't be at that but they would they wouldn't do okay but i want to but i want to believe i can see that that i can see that That was a good one i mean to go yeah it's uh janice joplin misery and it's take four specifically did you pick the no you didn't did you pick this one i didn't pick this one okay okay ready written fic to this song that's not posted 
I know. I totally forgot about that. Don't worry now. So this one is Era is on the run. And mm-hmm. I mean, it could go either way. You could be watching like a music video style to this, or it could be them listening to it. Either one works. Um, I like okay. them listening to it. And it's um, it's got to be in the run car sex. Like I'm dripping in a sweat right now. <laughs> it has to be. There's no other way. Like really angsty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Ready? Yep. This one is Maybe by Janis Joplin. <laughs> so I was between Revival and actually pre- or post cancer arc i can't decide which i think post i think post so i scrapped the revival idea went with post cancer arc feels right Mm. feels good feels organic (laughs) i tend to subscribe to that canon that after scully like mid cancer arc was when um like molder really realized that like he was fully and like he wanted to marry this woman Mm -hmm. um and that scully also realized that but she didn't want to admit it Mm -hmm. and so i think post-cancer arc when she went into remission i believe that there were many nights where she just had him like hold her Mm -hmm. to fall asleep but then as she starts to heal and like she starts to gain her weight back and like she starts to you know i feel like this is the first time that they if you want to say the first i think this is the first time that they both have sex that they have they both have sex they have sex (laughs) ever ever, both knowing that um that those feelings are there that's a good one but like are they gonna admit it like are they not going to you know what i mean yeah maybe that's a good one. Maybe. And <gasps> you're just kidding. Like, we're not going to cry, but, like, we might. But we're not going to, but, like, we might, you know? Whose house? I want to say hers because she's probably most comfortable in her apartment. Yeah, and if she bed. was having a hard time sleeping, he would come over. Yeah. She would go to his couch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ready? Yeah. Okay, so this is my really simpy, soft one. Oh, fuck yeah. That's my shit. I know. Okay. It's called The Night We Met by Lord <gasps> Huron. I love this song. Okay. Either I want to believe a revival. I don't know which fits better. Okay. Okay. And it's like she has a really hard time okay wait hold on before i get into this is it better if it's mother's day or is it better if it's some kind of anniversary relating to them mother's day okay 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 then i take all of fuck that back. you okay so it's mother's oh my day. god fuck you <laughs> okay, so- fuck you <laughs> fuck you so it's mother's day but like revival i want to believe which one's better this pod this podcast is over no, stop. listen to me which <sighs> one's better well it depends what you're about to say next um and 
mold are like always like they kind of ignore it like they try to pretend like it's not really a day um but every once in a while he'll still like he'll he'll do nice things without them being overtly nice things like either like he'll make dinner that night or like he'll like get like do something for her like in the okay. evening or like clean up for dinner and like like do something that's like very much in service to her without like overtly doing it let's just pretend that whatever era we're in the song exists and like there's okay. listening to the radio and it comes on like maybe oh okay i got it it, there, it, okay. it comes on the radio <laughs> as she's doing the dishes he just made dinner like he made dinner that night and he just kind of like comes up behind her and they like kind of dance to this song that that's all and then she like maybe she cries but like in a very dramatic like one tear sort of way like that like she always does and he just kind of like buries his face in her neck and they just kind of like a vibe to that song for a bit and then but they don't talk about it because that's very in character for them i feel like that would be i want to believe okay then I, that's what because, i was picturing too because i feel like revival they aren't as overtly into like she's gone like yeah like she's healed past what he knows yeah okay okay whereas with i want to believe it would still be very i mean they they only spent a a little time apart so you ready this is called short skirt long jacket by cake Okay, I think I have one. Okay. This is so silly, but I'm going to say it anyways. Okay. In the morning, she's getting ready and he's like Okay. So, and I think like maybe it came on the radio and then he starts like really annoyingly and very dramatically mouthing the words to her and like pretending like he's singing it. That's really cute to her. Mm-hmm. And she's like trying to get ready and he keeps annoying her that's perfect like she keeps putting her collar down and then he comes up and flips it up she's like i swear to god we're gonna be late he's like get up early she's like and she's like she has her skirt on right and he comes up behind her he's like literally not even dressed and he starts like pulling up her skirt and she's like you need to stop (laughs) that's good that is a good one i'm pretty happy with that one that's great we did it that was so much fun. We had so much fun. Let us know it was good for me. I hope it was good. <laughs> Let us know if that was good for you. But please be honest. Like, don't be hesitant to say, like, no, that segment sucked. Don't do it because we'll just not do it on the podcast. We'll just do it for fun. Yeah. Because this is something that we really enjoy doing. But if it doesn't translate well, then we won't do it. Yeah. But for this one, we'll make a little playlist of those bops so you can listen to the full songs. Um, if you highly recommend get into the zone yeah yeah auto zone <laughs> should we get into the episode let's get into the episode let's get into it this is gonna be chaotic i can feel it bam bam <laughs> i can feel it trying to hold back this it was just the way that you sang back with so much enthusiasm, no hesitation on beat. Like that just really makes me feel safe. Always. All right. This is Endgame. Scully's Mulder's Endgame. Okay. I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> P U. P U. 
This is Endgame. I don't fucking know what episode it is. Look it up. It's, a se- it's part two of the one that we did last time. I think it's uh, 17, and I feel very confident about that because okay. I believe Fresh Bones was 15. It was. Then we're on 17. Oh, my God. Wow. Beautiful. 15 plus 2. Quick math. You're a mathematician. <laughs> Scully would be so proud. Where we left off was, like, with the clones, like, Samantha was found. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this is going to be so clear. Are you ready? There are shapeshifters, and Scully is in the room with Mulder, but she gets a phone call from Mulder, and then it's to be continued. Okay, so before we go back to that moment, we go to the sea in Alaska, <laughs> 1,000 feet below the water in a Which submarine. Which is just terrifying. Right? They picked not- up... Not only below the water, under the ice. I know. I wrote later, which is like, like the even more terrifying. Thirty-two feet. That's horrifying. No, absolutely not. I'm already scared enough of the water as it is. I won't go I swimming where I can't touch. Like, I know. I even like when I watch nature documentaries. Like, I even get scared for the penguins that they're not going to be able to get out from under the ice, and yeah. that's literally their job. That's horrifying. Well, I think they played up on that in like Funkin' Funkin'. <laughs> in fucking happy feet or something oh i fucking love that movie with a big like seal that's trying to eat him the sea lion nicole kidman plays no the leopard seal nicole kidman is in happy feet (laughs) nicole kidman voices the mom yeah nicole are you kidding me yep no you're lying that's a lie that's definitely not nicole kidman is happy feet's mother yep that is that song i remember what song it is she sings yeah She's in Moulin Rouge. She's been in multiple musicals. Wow. That's news. Okay. That's news to me. Um, so they picked up something on their radar under the ice. It's all weird and they can't figure out what it is really. And so they called the a base and they say it's some kind of craft. Um, and the captain guy on the phone says their crew isn't prepared to take this thing on, but they proceed anyway. The white man mantra. <laughs> Ill prepared, but proceeding nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. The worst uh, version of Elizabeth Warren's Nevertheless, she pers- persisted. Persisted, literally. Ever. Yep. Worst remix of all time. <laughs> P.U. <laughs> Stinker. So, the little dude on the computer is like, shouldn't we identify this object first? And the captain's like, no, we're just going to shoot at it. Um, so, there's lots of buzzing and booms, and then everything goes to, like, chaos, and the captain says to surface, but, like, like we said before, they're under 32 feet of glacial ice, so, like, can't do that. So, back to Scully's motel. Mulder's on the phone going, Scully? While there is a Mulder standing behind her. So, homegirl's understandably freaked. Um, are you laughing? That's her, that's her dream. Two, Two Mulders? Mulders? That's her dream and her worst nightmare. She's like, oh my god. I don't know if I'm ready. <gasps> <laughs> that was such a good one. Thank you. <laughs> also her makeup is all smudged under her eyes and it's so cute she hangs up on the molder on the phone and pretends like it was like a different number um i like seeing her like lie and be all secretive. she's so silly though because she should have just been like no mom um i'm not gonna make it for dinner literally instead of being like it was a wrong number yeah, because then like, Mulder come on, babe. Yeah, like come, yeah, come on. Because then Mold, that's that was my thought process. Because yeah, then, then Mulder would have known exactly, known that like he needed to come. Yeah. Instead, she goes. She just said, 
no, thank you. He was like, what? <laughs> like, what the fuck is he supposed to get from that? I know. No, thank you. He's like, no. Huh? So the molder in her room says that, he's like, I've been trying to reach you. And she's like, well, why didn't you call? And he's like, and Scully, like, gun in his face. And she says, put your hands against the wall. And then she goes, do it. And so he does it. He's still like, oh, my God, Scully, it's me. Like, he literally turns around and he's like, it's me. Like, he's so hurt. And then he turns and punches her in the face. And she goes flying into the wall. I mean, the first time that I watched this, I genuinely, did, like, didn't know what was happening. Like, I, 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 was, I was spooked. Oh, yeah. The first time I watched this, I was like, holy shit. Um, <laughs> so, fake Mulder, like fucking holds her up by her t-shirt against the wall and like asks where Mulder is um and this could be erotic um, if she wasn't getting the shit beat out of her um and then he morphs into the terminator i just want to say too with her um like hoisted up against the wall it was like my brain was split in two right Right. because on the one side it was like imagine Mm -hmm. but then the other side was like no emily this is unsettling the one point is that this Mulder air quotes holding scully up against the wall is like just a tangible example of what you've said so many times which is just how much collateral damage mm-hmm. older has caused scully yeah like and this is just in in the actual physical form Literally. because like molder as far as him. we know yeah as has his hand around her throat yeah. not in a good way that's such a good point not in a good way mm. And so he throws her into a glass table and she like passes out. Cut to real Mulder breaking into her motel room. It's totally trashed and she's gone. And Samantha is like, he's been here. Okay. So Samantha is like, she's alive. And Mulder is like on the verge of tears. So like, okay, damn, go David. He actually had like a good moment. Um, and then Samantha's like, no, like he just took her to get to me. Which is like another time that, Mul- that Scully yeah. being taken has been used as like. Um, like she's, she's not even being taken for her. Like, right exactly it's like it she's she's taken as um as like leverage to get yeah, to Mulder, which is the most objectifying thing maybe ever like in every literal sense and, it, and like it also doesn't help that it's like between two women no it's so like and two of the most important women in his life it, arguably yeah it's so it's like just manipulate the two most important possessions of his these women literally like it's so yucky Samantha is like, he's going to want to make a trade, her life for mine. Jesus Christ. Bargaining with women's lives. We love to see it. Cute. And she's like, it's because I know how to kill him by piercing him at the base of the skull with a very specific tool. And that's like the only way you can kill these alien bounty hunters. So apparently you have to be really precise with that because if you fuck up, you could die because the alien blood is actually toxic. And if humans are exposed to it too much, they'll die. So then they just decide to like hang out and wait for him to call. Like, not even try to pursue any other way of whatever. So Mulder's pacing around his apartment. He starts to get really frustrated because he doesn't know what's going on. So Samantha explains. This is the first time I've ever understood any of this, was this section. Because I, like, never have paid attention because they just lose me so quick. So Samantha basically explains that these doctors are clones of two original alien visitors on the planet. So I'm assuming there's also female clones. Well, I think I think um, the the deeper you get into this mythology, the more confusing it gets, because right. they they had no plan. Because this is so, all, yeah, so the and earlier on you catch it, 
the earlier on you catch it, the more it makes sense because it's like that's the that's the the blank slate that they're right. that they're starting on. Whereas if you keep going, it's like they just keep branching out. Yeah, it's so it's like this makes to, sense now, but in season yeah. five, they're going to revisit similar things, and it's not going to coincide with this information. Exactly. Like that's the issue. Okay. Well, this is the first time I understood this information. So all of these doctor clones are clones of two original visitors alien visitors on the planet and they've been attempting to start their own colony on earth since the late 1940s so they're clones in like every part of the country and and uh, therefore i'm assuming the world but they literally just say country as if the u.s is the only place aliens would land yeah so these alien clones essentially think that humans are like fucking it up on Earth and that they, they're going to become the natural heirs of the planet. Like I had no idea that this was so supernatural. Me either. Like I always thought that it was truly just the government the whole time. But so these clones have been working to make alien human hybrids to get rid of their identicalness because they can't like colonize naturally with if they all look the fucking same. So that's why they worked in abortion clinics because of Ash Act. <laughs> So that's why they worked in abortion clinics because of access to fetal tissue. We love perpetuate. What? We love perpetuating that fucking conspiracy. I had a huge issue with this with this part because, first of all, the doctors worked in abortion clinics not because they believed in a woman's right to choose, no, and in the right of a woman to control her own body but in order to get fetal tissue as a part of a larger conspiracy for something that actually ser- did not serve not women, but themselves. Yep. Um, and then I just, clearly, I don't know if you can tell that I'm very passionate about reproductive justice. That's the um, thing about you. But a woman's right to an abortion is like the a pinnacle of control over her body and her mm-hmm. life right yeah the right to decide which i've mentioned before but the right to decide when and how many children you have is paramount to women's um and childbearing people's uh liberation yeah and this is the show this is the route the show has chosen to take which is deconstructing a woman's right to choose even after she has chosen yep even after she's made the choice they've managed to figure out a way to violate that choice after it's already been made. And I think what's particularly gross about them doing that is that it's completely unconscious, this, like, plot line. Oh, absolutely. And they're just like, oh, yeah, we'll just, like, they're like, well, if they're going to make hybrids, how are they going to do that? And they're like, oh, she's been working in an abortion clinic, like, without thinking about what that's going to perpetuate and stigmatize and et cetera. And I think, too, like, even just in the real world, there is a certain um, pity that people take on abortion doctors, nurses who work at abortion clinics, because um, they sort of think, well, not not they themselves, but other people think, well, someone has to do it. But like, I can't imagine being that passionate about that. And like, I can't imagine not having some moral complex about that. Mm. So I feel like they get like their passion for what they do their deep devotion for um, or I sh- or even just passion for ensuring that women have access to safe abortions yeah. is not something that is negotiable. No. And so the fact that they're painting it as like, oh yeah, no, like these doctors didn't actually care for women's well-being. Like they just 
were doing it to get fetal tissue. Like it was part of something else. Like they were, yeah. that was just an end for them. There has to be another reason for somebody to do that. To like want it. Does that make sense? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying. It bothers me a lot that they brought abortion clinics into this whole oh, yeah. recipe. Well, it's like the whole concept of them, of like aliens needing to be able to like populate is like, that's going to create violation and manipulation of of childbearing bodies and like did you need to just add this extra one for flavor like and it's just like the it's like the start of it when you know how bad it's gonna get so like exactly exactly understandably unsettling so apparently these um aliens have finally found a way to combine human dna human dna with alien dna and this bounty hunter has been sent to kill them because they're like the people in their alien home i guess um think that it's a dilution of their species and the pollution of their race and um that seems very eugenics now that i'm thinking about it yeah um and so the bounty hunter has been sent to terminate all of the colonies and samantha is like i'm your sister you have to trust me even though all of this is fucking wild and somebody knocks at the door and it's skin man so samantha hides and Mulder like lets him in but he turns off all the lights and has the alien killing tool like erect in his um lap yeah good speaking of erect things in Mulder's lap i know like his sister's there and everything and like this is not <laughs> the ideal environment to be having these thoughts no i love it but like the lighting in his apartment at this time mm-hmm. is so sexy like imagining like maybe other occupants of the apartment when it's lit like that say like a redhead like yes like a a small intelligent also fbi medical doctor, medical doctor redhead. right just anyone you can pick like it doesn't have to be anyone specific like this blue light that's coming yeah. out like from outside and the couch and the way he's sitting on the couch like use that lighting for a sex scene that's hot Mulder likes to spread. He's a spreader when he sits down. I really, that really fucked me up. Um, Skinner is like, what the fuck, bro? Are you good? Like, is Scully good? I haven't been able to get a hold of anybody. Um, and he tells Mulder that the four doctors she thought she saved are now all missing. But we know that they're dead because we saw that last episode. So then Samantha turns on the lights very suddenly and is like, it's not the Terminator. And like, I don't know how she can tell. But like, the doctors could too. So I don't know what that is. Let's just pretend. Like, in- like they can smell them or something. Yeah. So Mulder tells Skinner that this woman is his sister and that also Scully's missing. And Skinner just kind of like grinds his teeth in the light. Skinner clenching his jaw in a different light. That's basically what this is. So the phone rings and it's Scully all bloody and beaten up in a phone booth. And she still says, Mulder, it's me. Also, you know how David said... Um- that the tip of Jillian's nose moves when she talks. Oh, could you see it in the scene? It's like exaggerated here. Really? Like just because of how the light is hitting her from above. I have to rewatch it. Little homie was dancing oh. all over her face. It was so cute. Little homie. <laughs> Little homie. That's the name of that's the tip of her nose. I'm claiming it. So Scully is like, okay. This dude has my gun. He's going to kill me if you don't give him what he wants. And I hate that we went from her doing her own valid productive investigation to her being the hostage. But, like, don't we always end up here? So Scully is like, he says he wants a woman who's with you and he's not going to negotiate. He wants you a memorial bridge in one hour. And Mulder's like, I need more time. But then the Terminator hangs up. 
Smolder ropes Skinner into this and is like, Daddy, please help me. And Skinner loves having his ego stroke, so he does. Cut to Memorial Bridge, and they have a sniper set up to shoot the base of his neck, and they just have to, like, get him out of the car so they can do it. Um, Terminator gets out of the car, and he's so rough with Scully. He, like, pulls her, like, into the air. I know, seriously. It's like, dude, you're, like, five times her size. She could have just acted. She could have just acted like you were being rough with her. You didn't actually have to tear her out of the car. literally. Like, poor Jillian. So, Samantha gets out of the car, and poor Scully is so confused and beaten. Like, why is she beaten? Well, it's just, like, why is she in this position again, one? And two, they really fucked us over when they showed uh, Scully saving Mulder at the beginning of the last episode of this two-parter yeah because at this point we're like what the fuck yeah because you go into this like oh my god scully's actually gonna save Mulder for like she does but not after he saves her he like shoves scully away and grabs samantha the terminator guy and jillian is coming in clutch with that phenomenal acting as always like her face when he pushes her away so good and like him like like breathtaking literally like she does like little moments like that so well my voice is rough right now sorry and also like what the fuck is this smiter what the fuck is this sniper waiting for i don't know that was my question literally the whole time so jillian fucking phenomenal acting as always so then she gets in the car and she like hides down which is like no she's so just cute it's just the subtlety i know it's literally that's exactly it so samantha's a fucking dummy and goes to try to kill him um, and the sniper shoots the Terminator, and they both fall over the bridge. Cut to the morning. They're searching for, um, they're searching the waters for a body, um, and it seems like there's no luck. Scully comes back from the hospital all bandaged and asks if they found anything. And Mulder's like, "Do you think she should, she could have survived?" And Scully's like, "Maybe, but the water's 36 degrees." But Mulder's in like big time denial. Why is he mad? Why is he mad? I know. I say that in a minute. Like he gets, he's so mean to her. Like, as if it wasn't his choice. I I don't know if this was, like, an acting choice by David or if this was written in the script for him to be, like, not being able to make eye contact and being distant and, like... But, like, it's so manipulative it's, and so abusive. It's so abusive. That's exactly what it is. Because he made the decision to save her life... And he's now making her feel bad for a decision that he made. Yeah. And that's like a particular kind of manipulation of fucked up. Abuse. Yeah. yeah. It's like doing something on your own free will to help somebody and then making them feel guilty about it. And I think that that's like a major issue that Mulder has that like I kind of get into later. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like his mind is so complex that it's so hard to articulate the way that he is. But he almost he he basically likes to suffer and he thinks that suffering makes the ultimate triumph triumph that much more grand at the same time because you choose to do that that makes the ultimate trauma um also that much more grand and you don't get to choose which happens all you can do is make the choice that you've made like, you don't get to choose whether it ends in triumph or whether it ends exactly. in drama. And so, and I get it more into it later, but, like, buddy, you had to make a yeah, decision. Yeah, literally, you do, like, and then you have to deal with that. It's nobody's fault. 
Exactly. And it bothers me because it's like Scully should be his first priority. Like she's there. She's exactly. alive. She's in front and now of she's you. Willing to help you. Like, you don't, like throwing a fit isn't going to get you anywhere. That's what I mean. And also like looking over, staring down at the water and not even making eye contact with Scully, even just to make sure that she's okay, is not fucking helpful. And it's like now, now that she's out of immediate threat, you don't give a shit about her? Because exactly. you clearly cared about That's- her a little bit ago, so... He's in denial about them not finding his sister. And Scully's like, why didn't you tell me on the phone that it was her? And he's like, because I knew you'd never let me go through with it. So, like, dramatic. Um, And it's also like he's acting like a fallen soldier because something that very well could have happened that he absolutely should have prepared himself for. He should have considered as a possibility. Did in fact happen. Exactly. It's like, what? I, I get that these, like, aren't like everyday choices that people have to make right and it would be difficult but you don't need to like be i feel like ang like well i mean i get the anger at the situation but like anger at her is misplaced 100 percent. and it's also he's not he's not an he's not an average person he's a trained fbi agent yeah like i get that he's human but it's like it seems like in moments like this where difficult choices have to be made um one as emotionally as an emotionally intelligent person and as an fbi agent surely you would be able to weigh the choices and the potential um difficult outcomes better than he does yeah in nearly every situation we've seen literally exactly so scully is like well are you sure it was samantha and then he fucking yells at her and she's like, bro, like, have you forgotten that we're working with shapeshifters here? She's like, well, it was you in the motel room. Like, he's like, how could you even think that? And she's like, what do you mean? How could I think that? Like, what? Um, and so Mulder throws a fucking temper tantrum and, ha- and um, <clears throat> I'm struggling. And so Mulder throws a fucking temper tantrum and like says that he has to go tell his father that his sister is gone again. And like, I get that that's going to be hard, but you don't need to make her feel guilty for being alive. Well, that's the thing. And it's also like, I know that this isn't, you know... I know who's writing the show. Yes. But like the amount of times that Scully could have just been like, Mulder, that's your work to do, babe. Yeah. Like, I'll be here for you. I'll support you. And most importantly, I'll be honest with you. But him acting out against her because he has to tell his dad that he had to make a tough decision. Like, no one cares that you have daddy issues. Like, grow up. We all do. Come on. Get with it. Um... But, and, like, I think my biggest issue is, like, the normalization of treating people like shit when you feel like shit. Absolutely. That you see in, like, stories all the time where it's, like, oh, so you're going through it, so you're, like, you act out against the ones that are closest to you. And, like, they just have to put up with it? Like, no, that's bad relationships. That's bad. Yeah, that's unhealthy. Like, that's just unhealthy relationship. So, Mulder tells his dad that he lost Samantha again. And this whole scene is so poorly acted, it just kind of skipped over it. Like... <laughs> It's so bad. <laughs> Mulder's dad makes him feel super guilty and he's very weepy and puppy-like the whole time, like blah, blah, blah. Like the beginning is okay and I feel bad for Mulder, but then they kind of lose me and then Mulder's dad leaves an envelope that Samantha left for him. So go ahead. I went on the same journey. I was like more later on, but I definitely go through like poor Mulder, but then also like he puts a lot of this on himself, but then also he clearly has deep childhood trauma, yep. but then also the like he exaggerates, like not exaggerates, but he like can't step out of his own ego and therefore 
to do any work to heal himself himself. with more. Yeah. But like, I just couldn't stop myself from saying like, stop making this about you. Yeah. Again, like he puts so much unnecessary stress and burden on himself because he can't step out of his ego and he feels like everything is his to fix or it won't be fixed. Which is a very common male issue. Literally. On the one hand, I think it makes him human. Yeah. It makes him male, at least. Yeah. And I think a lot of people admire that um, because he takes so much responsibility for what he's involved in. Um, however, he only really does this, at least when we see it, when he wants to appear, um, like fallen and hurt so that he can revert to this place of Mm self-harm that then drives him when that's actually not productive at all. Yeah. And And that's such a common issue that so many people have. And we saw this like most recently when he was looking for Scully Mm -hmm. and like, that's why it was fruitless because and she just appeared and he didn't actually do anything yeah but like we saw all of that suffering that he went through because of how much he burdens himself with feeling like this is his fault like literally if you just separate yourself you would be able to work more effectively to find and fix the things that you're trying to absolutely and so like the only reason that samantha's search went differently was because over time he had to even out mm-hmm. or else he would have killed himself. Like he would yeah. have gotten, he would have died. Exactly. It would have killed him. And like, I say too, like based on how we see him and Scully interact in this episode, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Diana was the one who brought him out of that. I wouldn't extreme, either. Extreme. Yeah. Um, in the same way that Scully does in moments. Mm-hmm. But like, there's no glory in seeking suffering while fighting for justice for those who have suffered. Go off. Older. It's so um, true. It's like making yourself the martyr isn't going to make you any more productive. And I want to make this very clear. Like, we're not saying that Mulder hasn't experienced trauma. No. We're not saying that Mulder, like, makes himself um, uh, suffer for no reason. No. It's, it's, it's the idea that he thinks that... Uh, in order for things to be solved, he has to take them on, even if that is detrimental to everyone around him, including himself. Exactly. And it's like, we've said, I don't know that we've said this on the podcast or if you and I have just talked about it, but it's like, your trauma is not your fault, but it is your responsibility to heal and handle. Yeah. Yeah. Your trauma is not your fault, but your healing is your responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, but that that's like just what Mulder needs to hear. Over and over. But I think on the other hand, so like some people I think admire him for that. Because it is admirable how much responsibility he takes. Yeah. In in and how much he cares and how much he wants to Yeah. Um how much passion is is directed towards certain things in his life. Because another issue is definitely when people can't um take responsibility for anything and like step out of themselves enough to realize that they can make a mistake. He definitely doesn't have that problem. So that's a really good point. Absolutely. On the other hand, um, it makes him fucking unbearable sometimes. Yeah. Um, Because not everything is about him. And sometimes like the anger he feels and the guilt he feels is his to carry and his to work through. Yeah. And so while Mulder is definitely more apparent, like is more outward with his emotions and shows his emotions more, Mm his lack of emotional intelligence and emotional maturity is what makes it frustrating. 
because he carries all of these very admirable um, emotional characteristics, but he doesn't know what to do with them. And they manifest in a very harmful way because he lacks that emotional intelligence. You just made me so happy to start working again and like to start filming again, because I feel like that is a whole other realm of character analysis I can do when taking on parts that I hadn't even thought of before. Like thinking about where they're at with their emotional maturity and just like their basic, um, their parents, they're like, um, the like their patterns and perpetuated behavior and well, like just what like, like their their, their well, journey but... their journey that they're on just as much as the journey that you're on yeah and yeah, it's like absolutely. i never considered looking at a character's emotional maturity and integrity and level of self-awareness before like thinking about how self-aware a character is is so interesting to me and i'd never even considered that I love that for you. You're so smart. I can't smart. wait to see what that makes you produce. You're so smart. I can't, I can't believe I get to watch it happen. But like, that's the thing, right? Like we know that these writers are not emotionally intelligent. None of them are. Because they're so, not doing, they're not, they're not making a conscious choice to do that. But exactly. boy, would that be brilliant if that was a conscious choice. Right. And so like the root cause of that is that just his lack of self-work and his lack yeah. of healing. Yeah. Supplemented with his relationship with his father clearly <laughs> um and like he feels like it's his fault because his father makes, makes him, him feel, feel like that because his father clearly implies that it is if if, right. if he doesn't just say that it is i don't even remember. like sorry. he might flat out say <laughs> this is your fault i don't remember his dad is like you know i mean he's a stinky piece of shit yeah right he's a poop like head. clearly i like to and Mulder's traumatized because of how much pressure he puts on him yeah i like to picture um like like Mulder and Scully in bed together like they're an established relationship here and him Mm -hmm. like laying on her chest like in that uh Rolling Stones cover yes and them just like talking and him like talking about his childhood and her just being like so mad that his father treated little him like that that's a good one and like him just her like seeing like a really broken little boy because that's what he is like, there is a yeah. broken little boy inside him that's not getting nurtured or taken care of, and that's why he acts out like this. Yeah. Well, the, well, the thing <laughs> is, is, like, I make a note of it after he talks to Scully in the next scene, but mm-hmm. it's, like, if Mulder was doing the work to heal himself and Scully was caring for him and supporting him in his growth in the way that she does in the next scene, <laughs> that'll make your pussy throb. That'll make you your know pussy what I mean? I, uh, I was just going to say... <laughs> um but like the the issue is that and no i'm not even gonna say that who gives a shit about Mulder's dad fuck Mulder's dad like but i want to make it clear that like you know we're not saying that Mulder is hasn't been traumatized i mean that's clear evidence right there that his father isn't emotionally mature enough and is insecure in his own parenting that he that he doesn't have the confidence in his own parenting to say i've raised you to know that you would have made the right choice yeah it's not a reflection of Mulder. That's a reflection of his own parenting. Yeah. And unfortunately, Mulder bears the brunt of that. And like most of us, um, our parents is, is left with his, the trauma that his parents have caused him. Yeah, exactly. And, and manifesting in how he is. And, and he's course. that way because he was left with the trauma that his parents caused him. And it's like, it's a very cyclical thing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And with self-awareness, you can break those cycles and patterns. 
and self-work. <laughs> I want to see, I want to see the scene where one day just say like, let's say your scenario, right? Okay. I want to see this, that scene, but Scully just being like, Mulder, you have to heal your inner child. <laughs> That's what happened. Your inner child is crying, Mulder. <laughs> That's what happened the next morning over coffee. She like made him coffee yes, and she was like, honey, you need to heal your inner child. He was like, what? No, I'm fine. I'm going to go play some baseball. He's like, she's like, no, babe. She's like, not like that. No, you need to like take some time and like look inward. <laughs> I think we're, I think we're putting too much of Jillian into, into Scully. <laughs> Scully's been to therapy like three times. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Scully hasn't healed her fucking inner child. She's like, yeah, I know. Not- what are we talking like, about? We just repress it, right? Like we just push it down. It's like- she's like, yeah, like fuck our dads, right? It's literally like he's setting a fire and she's like pouring gasoline on. Like that's them dealing with their daddy issues together. <laughs> yep, they're like, woo! <laughs> they're setting fire to the rain. Hell yeah! <laughs> Watch it burn as she touches his face. That's accurate. Maybe Set Fire to the Rain was written about them. Set Fire to the Rain was written about Mulder and Scully dealing with their daddy issues poorly. Just like Why Don't We Do It in the Road by the Beatles was written about Mulder and Scully doing it in the road. Just like WAP was written about Scully and... Life as a Highway was written about Mulder and Scully sings it. I'm going to write it all night long. That's a good one. And also I think it's weird that both of their dads are named Bill, but... I know. Because it's like, she's like, I named William, like, when they have their kid. She's like, I named him after your father. I'm like, also your father. And your brother. And your brother. Like, and Mulder's and Mulder's middle name. Yeah. So, but specifically after his father? Okay. She really named it after her father, and she's like, I'm just going to tell him this. She's like, isn't that peak Scully? Yeah. <laughs> she fully named him after her father, but... I named our child. I named our child after your father, so that every time you look at him, you think of how much, how horribly he treated you. <laughs> Good idea, Scully. I mean, to make him want to do better with him, with his son. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah. Um, Scully said, "In naming our child after our bo- after both of our fathers, we can now heal the trauma that our fathers caused us." We're trying, guys. We're trying so hard. This is hard. not a psychology podcast. I don't know what you're here for, but it's not that. Yeah, we're trying really hard to make sense of this very likely meaningless uh, choice Chris Carter made. So, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you ever think about that? How we put so much energy into analyzing really small things that lightly were just like off the wall decisions made in a room at two in the morning. You know what? But like, that's Chris Carter's fault. Yeah, you're right. And we're smart and hot, so. Exactly. I will analyze Scully and her daddy issues and her gifted child attributes uh, complex until I can't think anymore. And I will do it with you. And together. Until our little silly little brains run out of juice. (laughs) Which at this rate could happen any day. I mean, if Chris Carter sustained him through all these bad ideas, I think ours can sustain us through some pretty great You're ideas. fucking right. You're fucking right. Look at you reframing. Mulder's dad leaves an envelope that Samantha left for him. And so the envelope basically says, if anything should happen to me, meet me here with an address to, a, of course, a woman's health clinic. 
So he goes to the clinic, Scully calls him, and as um, Mulder is, as, as Mulder is saying, I think she's alive, Scully's like, you need to get down here as soon as you can. They found her body. And she really tries to comfort him, like, really beautifully, and, like, tries to hold that space for him, but he totally deflects and just hangs up. Um, I also really like that she said that whatever you're feeling, you can't blame yourself because... That's exactly it. Isn't that what he needed to yeah, hear? Yeah, literally. It's like, you can feel what you're feeling without blaming yourself for it. If Scully was supporting Mulder as he actively healed his past mm-hmm. traumas, that would be the hottest thing oh, yeah. in the world, right? But it's problematic because Scully's framed and characterized in subtle ways as this like second but present mother yeah, figure which to him. Another issue. Where she like fixes him and saves him from himself. Well, it's like the every, behind every great man is a good woman or whatever the fuck that disgusting saying is. Yeah, no. But but then again, but then that made me think like she does choose to stick around and be the woman who pulls him back from his most toxic traits. So maybe this is another case of like let her make her own bad decisions, especially if she if it means like she's getting like she gets to bone him for the majority of her life. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But like she just cares about him so much. She cares about him so much, which is so beautiful of her just like her golden heart but then also like i think it, it probably got to a point where life was already so fucked up because of the x-files and because of all of this that it was like well i might as well like like yeah now definitely. it's like now it's like why not make this bad decision everything else is fucked yeah she just deserves, she deserves the, world. the world um so then um samantha's body starts melting into green goo and scully watches gross Corroding. yeah um, why that's not toxic, but the blood is, I'll never know. So Mulder goes into this women's <laughs> clinic um, to check it out anyways, and he finds a bunch of Samantha clones. And they're like, they're like, okay, the man who's been sent to kill us is coming. And they um, say that Samantha, okay, I was really confused about this, but I talked to Emily when I was watching this. But essentially is that the Samantha that was with Mulder was also a clone. And all of these Samanthas are clones, but the original, his sister, does exist somewhere, and they know where she is, but do they tell him? No. Um, So then he just yells at them, and he's like, I'm not your savior! And it's like, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Two things, right? Two things. The first thing is that these Samanthas say that they chose Mulder because they knew that he could be easily manipulated. (laughs) Which, like, maybe if you listen to Scully more, that wouldn't happen. But also... He did it to himself. Yeah. Everyone takes advantage of him. He just kind of but I have a twist. Happens. <laughs> yeah. I have a reframing. That's really beautiful. Okay. I think that that's what I was like very in my head about Scully's love in this episode. I love that. And the way that she loves. Yeah. And I think that we, we constantly hear about how easy, easily Mulder can be manipulated and how easily he can be taken advantage of by so many different actors. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why Scully's love is so beautiful because she doesn't take advantage of any part of him. And she knows that's a trigger for him clearly because of how gentle she's being. And so she loves him like so just completely unapologetically and never lies to him and never leads him on to think she's thinking something other than exactly what she's thinking. And the fact 
ultimately the baseline and the foundation of her love for him is that she's honest with him. And I just think that that's really lovely. What the fuck? Always. You, you like really Not have even... me like in my feelings <laughs> for MSR right now. And I haven't been here in a while. <laughs> I'm so glad. Oh my God. Right. Cause like even yeah. on a, not even on an intimate romantic level if you don't want to believe that but even just in a professional way she never compromises what she believes to i well i think mainly because she has a very she's very strong-willed but um but also because she would never lie to him that's so beautiful i love apart from the fact that she named their child after her father and not his father but like we don't know it's a duality yeah that's so beautiful the second part the second thing is this whole I'm not your savior shit. Make up your mind. I know, like, literally. Mister, are you going to be the martyr who, like, oh, I failed. I fucked it. And now you're like, I'm not your savior. Like, what? Now you're going to remove yourself when it matters? <sighs> right? I hate this narrative, right? Yeah. And the blog that we often quote from, movie blog, that has incredible reviews mm. of, um, of this show, these episodes. Yeah. Um, articulated it very very well and they kind of like took all the feelings that I was having that I couldn't quite articulate and like they do that a lot perfectly yes um I'm always like this scene feels wrong I just (laughs) go on yeah perfectly I'm like something feels off here so I go on movie blog and I'm like oh yeah there we go so they wrote Colony and Endgame heavily imply that Mulder isn't just some anonymous nobody who has wandered into something far larger than himself. This is the first indication we get that Mulder is being imagined as something of a chosen one. Mm -hmm. Up until this point, there had been a sense that Mulder was a powerless outsider, a person whose entire life was turned upside Mm. down by a freak event for which he could not account. With Colony and Endgame, the series loses some of that. It ceases to be a story about a man whose life was thrown into upheaval by random events outside of his ability to comprehend. Outside his ability to comprehend, the show invests pretty heavily in the idea that Mulder was always fundamentally tied to the conspiracy, even if he doesn't understand it. This represents a pretty dramatic revision to a show that began as a powerless agent stuck in a shoddy basement office fighting something he didn't comprehend. Yeah. Truth be told, the franchise occasionally invested a little bit too heavily in the idea that Mulder was a linchpin of this massive mythology rather than simply an outsider seeking to expose it. Oh, and that's I such think- a good point. Right. And I oh think that, like, Wait. that's why this narrative fails because Mulder isn't an interesting enough character to be a linchpin if he isn't the outsider seeking to expose those in positions of power. It's, well, I don't think and he's developed enough to be that. that. That's what I mean. Like the, the linchpin is that, is that he's an outsider seeking to expose those in positions of power. That yeah. is the linchpin of, of the story. Wow. And he's certainly not enough to carry this plot um, that could have taken over the show. And I think it would have made it, and it did when they included it, made it worse. Mm. So Frank Spotnitz, who wrote this episode, um, introduced the idea of an adult Samantha coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Chris Carter established that samantha was merely a clone that was his idea because mm-hmm. he wanted because he, the thing with chris carter is that he wants to keep all doors open all the time yeah i mean as a good storyteller, so, you have to close some doors 
So the reasoning that he gave that was that Samantha simply coming back was quote, straight science fiction. Whereas he saw the X-Files as a show that happened to incorporate elements of science fiction. My guy. Wait, 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 hold on. So, so (laughs) clones aren't science fiction? This, this is, this is my issue. The idea that Mulder is a crucial part of the conspiracy is straight science fiction. Yeah, that Like, this conspiracy, think about it. This conspiracy that all this happened and that Mulder has been dragged along his entire life, every decision that he's made was meant to lead him to not only being on the X-Files, but to creating the entire (gasps) department in the FBI just so that he could continue to be driven into the hands of these people and this conspiracy. Like, you're telling me every life event that he went through was, like, part of this larger conspiracy so that he could be a part of it? Dude, dude, dude. That is why... no sense. That is why Scully is the more interesting character. Because she is the outsider that got thrown into it without any, like, just by complete accident. And... Exactly. Like, was meant to be a plan but went against it. And that is why she ends up being the linchpin. Right? Exactly. And so that's what, that's what makes you root for him and Scully is that they're both outsiders. They're both trying to navigate this world of the unknown and uncover larger conspiracies. If Mulder is already the chosen one within those conspiracies, it takes away from the thrill and mystery of the show itself and cheapens the relationship and the duo of Mulder and Scully because like because suddenly he's on the inside and yeah and even if he doesn't know outside, it yeah like it doesn't make any sense it really oh my god you're blowing my mind today and so like of course and i'm sure you'd agree like just aside from so agree. just a complete aversion to male savior narratives yes <laughs> it just it just isn't as interesting it it if I truly take a step away from my own trauma and like preconceived um, aversion to that, it's still not as interesting of a story because it's, it's still, because, 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 because it's love less, an underdog. That's what I was going to say. Like, it, it's like nobody yeah. can relate to that. Like people, exactly. like, but people can relate to being the outsider and feeling on the outside of things and trying to understand like people relate to that. That's why people fucking love an underdog. Exactly. Because part of them like feels like they have been on the outside. Like, everybody has that issue, like, that part. But not very many people feel like they've been a chosen one in a grand conspiracy. That's what I mean. I had this thought in the shower the other day when I was thinking about this this narrative more, which is just that, like, this whole thing also conforms to the point that 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 woman in Fleabag makes Mm. about women being born with pain inside of them and men having to manufacture pain. Wow. Which is that what was at the center of Scully's most major trauma was already inside of her, like her reproductive capability, her ova, her vulnerability and her weakness, quote, as a woman compared to the men she faces violence from. Like she was born with those requirements for pain they decided to inflict on her inside of her. Like the capacity for pain was already (laughs) inside of her and they just exploited it. Whereas, like, Mulder's is completely manufactured. They had to insert him into pain and insert him into trauma and insert him into a conspiracy <laughs> that caused him pain and trauma. Are you guys hearing Scully this? Already, Scully already had it inside of her. Are you guys fucking hearing this? 
Everyone go back and turn up your volume. I just progressively got closer to the camera. I'm, I've like really been thinking about this. No, that's so fascinating. Because you know what? Sometimes I get really existential and I'm like, why the fuck do I spend so much an- energy analyzing fictional things? This is literally what my whole career is based off of is, is, is fiction. Like things that are not yeah. real. But it's, it's, it's those roots in real life in real life problems that is why it's it can be so fulfilling and palpable to analyze stories because you learn about life that way and you learn about these like that's just seeing how writers could unconsciously perpetuate that grand of an injustice and inequality in their writing that's so palpable and prevalent in real life like the fact they could do that unconsciously reveals so much about the society that we live in and are brought up in. Your mind is truly every like no. y'all better get, get on that PayPal. <laughs> no stop. Everyone also watch Fleabag. I will say it forever. Yeah, that that is a brilliant speech. That scene is just let's post incredible. that scene and then put like that as a little caption. Yeah, let's do it again. Thank you for letting me give that little analysis that I've been thinking about. <laughs> thank you for sharing that with me so everyone wants Mulder to be jesus and he's like i'm not um and then the samanthas are like you don't have a choice and he's like i do have a choice and it's just ironic to hear like him arguing his right to choice and that being threatened in a woman's clinic that's corrupted for experimentation like that's just holy shit just kind of funny to me (laughs) oh my god what a genius take holy (laughs) shit like you just did the thing that that blog does i did not i was like why does this scene feel weird (laughs) and you just did it because we have a um cis heterosexual man talking about right whining about his right to choose in a woman's clinic that has been corrupted for experimentation but he's sitting there screaming that he does have a choice i'm like where am i right now So he throws a fit and tries to leave, but then they're like, we know where your sister is. And that's when I called you. Because I was like, wait, what? Okay, so then an alarm goes off, and then they're like, fuck, the Terminator's here. (laughs) And then Mulder gets his shit rocked by him. And the dude goes to kill the clones. (laughs) Some, like, bizarre, like, club um, fog (laughs) happens, like, smoke comes. Takes over, yeah. I don't know why there's smoke. No fires have been started yet, but um so then cut to the women's clinic on fire and Mulder being rescued and they're like oh we're so lucky we're the only one here <laughs> i know this firefighter's like oh my god sweet fuck fuck yeah we got him we, we got, got one. one and then Mulder's like there were other people in here he's like nah yeah. buddy you were the only one <laughs> like, no, it was just you we like, slaps him up <laughs> like, like what's good like, let's go bro for once, someone is not meeting David in the scene. I know. That's the only time that will happen. Literally, that's so fucking true. That's so funny. I wrote, so not Scully looking gorgeous. I'll give you a minute after I set the scene. <laughs> Please. I don't remember where we are. Um, okay, so she's writing. Oh, yes, I do. So she's writing her field report. So he was... Um, she's writing a field report about what happened. So Mulder was admitted to a hospital and released. And after multiple checks, no bodies were found in the women's center. Um, she says no alien presence can be substantiated and the murderer Terminator is still definitely at large. 
Um, and the FBI agent from the beginning of last episode's body is being thoroughly examined as they can't figure out the kind of virus he was exposed to when he was exposed to the green stuff. And Scully wants to analyze the virus to make headway on the case. Go ahead. So for some reason, I wrote the way Scully loves makes me want to launch myself off a bridge like Mulder's clone sister. I don't know <laughs> why I wrote that here. <laughs> but it's important to say. It's important to say, and then I also was forced to think about imagining how powerful we'd be together because, wow, the way we love, amazing. Oh my God. I literally would just be so grateful just to sit in the room with you both. All, all I want is to be in that room, but like direct my love at both my beautiful wife and my beautiful bestie. Oh, so there's something so special and like abstractly gorgeous about the blocking of her round glasses glossed over from her computer screen. I know. Her perfect fucking nose and her pouty lips framed by her auburn curled floof. Like it's so pleasing. And you run what thought I had? That? Maybe that should be on our merch. <gasps> And oh. I have the perfect image of her glasses, her lips, and then her hair. And like glossed over, it could say like a reflection of the sex files. <gasps> you guys, what do you think? <laughs> so let us know. Anyways, she looks fucking beautiful. And I have a picture here. Remember when I said I was going to just put a picture instead of like describing how – Yeah it's not working i have no words i just she's just so beautiful um i can that's all i can do i feel like that would be a really good like sticker totally but it'd be a great sticker it would be a a really good sticker or a pin yeah oh fuck yeah okay so scully and a doctor man talk about um the virus i love calling um doctors like man doctors like they call women women doctors Thing. Yeah, like male doctor, like a male doctor. Yeah, male doctor. Um, yeah, not just a doctor. No, I have to specify. They talk about the virus and realize that if you lower the temperature, the virus goes completely dormant, and that literally, um, that's literally the only form of control that they've been able to find over it. So, cut to moldy and sloppy toppy. Sloppy Toppy tells Mulder that um, a submarine found Terminator's craft in the sea and tried to destroy it, but um, they were disabled. That's all. Do you have any notes? Um, no, all I have to say is that Sloppy Toppy tells Mulder that you'll only win the war if you pick the right battles. That was a good quote. And like, yeah. I, I feel like this episode had two of the most important things Mulder needed to hear, and he just went he in said, one ear and out the other. Like we watched like the most important phrases just go through his head. <laughs> just, like, I, I saw it. it. Yeah. With the speed that it went in one ear and out the other, I you can see. I, I saw his hair move with the speed that it was moving at. <laughs> it made if head. you listen closely, it make, it makes a noise. You can hear it. Like a little yeah. Cut to Scully at Mulder's apartment. <laughs> Mulder's not there, and he clearly hasn't been there for a few days. So she gets out her key and goes in. And I would suspect. I would love to see the moment where she was given a key. I absolutely have a thought right now. The thought (laughs) that I've just come up with right now is that that definitely went like Mulder. Wait, wait a second. I don't even know if this is possible, but I just had a really good thought. Let's pretend like anything is possible, right? Anything is possible. We don't need to pretend. So Scully comes to work. She had gotten a copy of her key and or duplicate, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
and she is like so embarrassed and she doesn't want to talk about it but like she knows she has to do it because she wants him to have a key in case anything happens and like you know for obvious reasons based on what has already happened Mm -hmm. and so she's like Mulder I got I got like a duplicate so here like just in case you know she like doesn't want to talk about like, it. Let's, she's like, like nothing. Like she doesn't even look at him. She's like, let's not talk about. She's like, if you want to get into my house, bleh, here's the key. Let's not talk about it. Okay. And then and then he can like sense that she's very uncomfortable and like doesn't want to talk about it. So he wants to make her feel better, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have a duplicate. So he just gives her his only <gasps> key, like to make her feel better. And it's just like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And then she's so, like, really? And he's like, yeah. Of course, I've been meaning to give this to you. And, and then, then he there has goes to figure out. And then he has to figure out how to get his key. <laughs> that is maybe my favorite headcanon. That's really cute. Ever. Where he calls his landlord and has to get another. Yeah. And he gets literally arrested for breaking into his apartment. That happened. He gets arrested for breaking into his own apartment and then um, has to call Scully to pick him up. You want to know something? If that happened, I'm pretty sure she would just marry him. I think if that if that ever happened, like she would, she's already so far gone in this I episode. Know. She like, is that if that happens, she basically says it. She basically says, I know. "I'm dedicating my life to solving this for him." And it's like literally, Babe. I make a note at the end, like the the fact that he could do something so fucking stupid, and the second he wakes up from being in a she's coma, all she's smiles. like, she's like, "Hey, smiles so big she explodes." literally like she's she's gone okay so she's got it bad she does but i do like that i do like that's that. a really that good head that was really good okay she sees the little duct tape x on his window she takes note of it and she's so observant smart little baby she checks her email on his computer and gets a message from him that says when you get this it'll be too far away for you to stop me he's a child He's like, I'm not going to let you jeopardize your life and career for my personal journey. And it's like, okay, you can say that, but um, <laughs> leading up to this and later seasons prove that that mentality really isn't all that present. Nope. So my least favorite line of this whole thing is him saying, you were right when you said a line needed to be drawn. I'm drawing it, it for you here. I go into all it. caps. Like... <laughs> Y'all need to agree on a fucking line. You don't get to poorly set them all and then set them differently for each of you. That's not how a partnership works, alien boy. You need to set a line together. It needs to be compromised. I'm so... That was bad. That was bad. <sighs> like, I get I, I get not wanting her to follow you. I, want, I completely understand that. that. I'm setting this line for you here. Fuck you. But that was bad. Yeah, that was a bad callback. Okay, so she runs to Skinner's office, and when she comes in, she looks like the Monsters, Inc. meme with Mike Wazowski standing in the doorway, like, Mom, I threw up. Like, she's literally standing there and, like, does not know what to do with herself, because she's like, your secretary wasn't here, so I just came in. Can I? She's like, can we chat off the record about Mulder? And he's like, uh... He's like, yeah, let's talk shit. He's like, let's do it. He goes, he fucking smells bad sometimes. She's like, what? No. (laughs) He's like, listen, I know you two are together. Can you just buy him some deodorant, please? He told him to stop leaving his pickle sandwiches in the staff fridge. Like, he always (laughs) leaves them in there. Pickle sandwiches. (laughs) Little does Skinner know Mulder makes those just because Scully likes them and she always steals them. Oh, 
she's like, Scully's like, like, fuck you. She's like, yeah, yeah, sorry, I'll tell him to stop leaving those in there. Shit. Like, but basically, she's like, Mulder's gone, and there's still more stuff with his sister that he's investigating. And she's like, fuck Jillian's acting. She's like panicking and on the verge of tears. And I am just overcome with the urge to wrap Scully up in a blanket and make her some tea and tell her it'll be okay. I'm also overcome with the urge to beat the shit out of Mulder for not communicating with her. And I want to give Jillian a fucking standing ovation for this acting. Exactly. She wants to know if Skinner um, can reach him. And he says no and she basically begs and he's like no i can't help him he risked my career in your life and she's like agent Mulder has saved my life and like babe you don't owe him anything for that mm, um that was really hot it was really hot and it's like it's also because of him that your life was endangered but like wow i just like seeing jillian yell i think well it's like i like just something i need to analyze but <laughs> well no i think not, it's not tonight something there's something beautiful about seeing actual emotion like especially on a show that like so many people aren't allowed yeah. to actually delve into the emotions from the maybe trauma that i with. just am so deprived <laughs> depraved we're so deprived yeah no but i think i'm just so lit on fire by seeing passionate um, women. women just lose their shit that like it just um so then skinner is like if he wanted or expected you to do the same he would have told you where he was going and like ah. Oh. It is a low blow, like fair, but low blow. Um, I just kind of found myself being like, I mean, he's not wrong. And then he tells her to close the door on her way out. And I just want to punch him in his bald fucking head. I'll unhinge his jaw <laughs> with my fist. <laughs> um, she's so upset, but you can fucking tell on her face that she's ready to get down and dirty. She's like, let's fucking go oh, then. Really? So she goes back to Mulder's apartment and puts up more tape. Um, this time she's getting some sloppy toppy. It's about fucking time. I giggled when I wrote that. So we see her asleep on Mulder's couch and they do like a pan up of her body. And that made me worry for your health. That is what I wrote. I was sitting. Okay. Now this was interesting, right? This is an interesting, if like my scientist who's watching me in the wild observe this, like they would go straight to their notebook, right? That's such a funny way of describing it. I was sitting in my chair like this, right? Drinking my kombucha. All of a sudden her legs are on my screen. That's pretty shocking. And when I tell you, I jumped up (laughs) like I was on fire. Yeah. Like, I've never had... I was like, hold on a second. Let me put my kombucha down. Hold on. You're like, hold the fucking phone. Those are legs I see. Why is Dana Scully's silhouette on my screen? Seems suspect. Um, It was just the most beautiful shot ever. Beautiful. Like, truly ever. And... That was the part that really got me. I was like, what am I looking at? And then I I saw her hip and I was like... (gasps) Her, like, sleeping on his couch and her just being so comfortable there is really precious. But then thinking about the things that he's probably done on that couch. That's gross. Not so much. But here's the thing. Just imagine him coming home and going to sleep on that couch and it smells like her. And he's like... So Sloppy Toppy comes to the door and she wakes up and goes to the door and asks, where's Mulder? That's not what she says, but something like that. Um... Scully's doing Scully doing hot girl shit, taking shit into her, her own hands. Oh my god, that's what I want to see. This is the this is how I like my X Files. This is this is the X Files I wanted to see. Yep. So Sloppy Toppy is like, 
I missed him the wrong apartment. And she chases after him down the hall. And she's like, I need to know, damn it. And I love how often she says, damn it. Emily just kind of fell back and is fanning herself. Um, so he just he just gets in the elevator and he's like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. And does Mulder know how fucking lucky he is to have her? She is busting ass to save him and no one is helping her. His dick is this is the size of a carrot in Antarctica or wherever the fuck he is. <laughs> Scully is busting ass to save him. Sloppy Toppy goes to leave and then he opens the door and Skinner's at the bottom floor waiting for him and he's like, Did you tell her what she needed to know? Like a fuck fuck he's like a He's like her pimp. That's what I was gonna say. He's like a fucking mobster older brother. Yeah. He's like, Did you tell the little lady what she needed to know? Like well, and it's just- Skinner. So they fight. <laughs> Yeah. In the elevator. Um, lots of headbutting happening from these bulldogs. <laughs> They're like, yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> That's how men fight. Headbutting is the most masculine, dumbass thing yeah. I've ever. Why, when you have every part of your body, why are you going to hit something with your head? Why are you going to willingly. Because do- men's, men's <laughs> heads are filled with cement. The image of them just going. <laughs> twice i'm like this is what we like allow to rule us man (laughs) literally doing why did it take a physical altercation and the sacrifice of skinner showing up to scully as like this beaten and bloodied soldier in the fight for him to get the information because scully can't do it on her own no but like scully needs to start beating people up like why couldn't scully beat up sloppy toppy that would have been so badass. Oh my god. Oh my god, I know. Like she deserved she deserved to beat him up. And the frustrating thing is is like, yeah, she's a woman. Yes, like m- musculature wise, she's not as strong as She's also as a trained FBI a agent. But she's also a trained FBI fucking agent. And the thing is is exactly. that we that's one thing that I miss from this show is like my mom is a fucking sucker for a um for a vigilante like show like a woman mm-hmm. who's like going and like taking care of business and like kicking ass and that's one thing that i definitely miss from the shows we don't really get to see her kick ass the one time you do is other women in a male fantasy it's frustrating to see sloppy toppy um and skinner so unwilling to help her when they literally didn't even bat an eye when Mulder needed their help isn't that the fucking ticket both of them yeah, literally both of them. So cut to Scully opening the door to Skinner all beat up and giving her um, Mulder's location in Dead Horse, Alaska. Cut to Mulder in Alaska in his fucking snowsuit, walking around, exploring, looking for a spaceship, casual nighttime activities. So he finds um, what we think is a submarine and he climbs in. He finds all the men but one dead and this guy left name is Terry. And Mulder questions him for a minute before he, um, and Mulder questions him for a minute, but before he can like really like zero in on him, Terry morphs into Terminator Man after that giving a movie. Did a great job. I was gonna say I had to erase all of my notes because I was like, why is Mulder yelling at him? Like he's clearly just traumatized. Like they got yeah. me. They got me. That actor did such a good job. He did an incredible like, like job. The way that he transitions, like from when he's like oh you shouldn't have done like that part oh he's so good like this guy's fantastic and he's the one fucking vancouver actor they don't bring back yeah like he was fantastic he did a really good job Um, yeah he killed that role 
Yeah, because he gave, like, a really moving monologue about, like, what happened on the ship and, like, how he had to hide, like, mm-hmm. so good. Terminator Man's, like, an actor. <laughs> Seriously. Like, especially, like, when, like, he was playing Mulder, he's like, Scully, it's me. Like, wow, Terminator Man? Like, this alien, like, species, they're, like, very talented. Maybe they're all Meryl Streep. <sighs> that was, the, that's the female clone. That's who it is. The female clone is Meryl Streep. Stevie and I talked about this already because I love it so much, but it was at this point, like, when Mulder's, like, fucking trudging around looking like a marshmallow um, so like in the snow and ice. If Mulder had just accepted that Samantha could be dead and he grieved and healed and him and Scully could have had a thousand babies just like she wanted and honestly... I would have watched the shit out of that show. <gasps> me fucking like, too. Like, like genuinely. Like, give me Bonnie and Clyde, but, like, make it crime fighting. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, it still could have been the weird paranormal and extraterrestrial shit, but, like, why the human cost? Yeah. Why the violating and experimenting with and using women's reproductive systems like they're machines? Yeah, that's a fair fucking question. You know? Yes. <laughs> Like, if Mulder had just, you know, grieved and healed Mm -hmm. the loss of his sister. The issue is that he's fully unwilling to give any of his devotion to this truth Mm -hmm. in order to fuel Scully's partial devotion to wanting to be a mother. Mm -hmm. Like, when he is forced Mm -hmm. to give it up, when they go on the run, he's still occupied by the chase. So, like, that sustains him. But then when they settle down near i want to believe time they aren't running anymore yeah and so he wallows in self-pity and he makes her leave and then when she gives him another chance he tries to weasel his way back into that devotion to everything but her fully Mm. and then she leaves again because she's forced to because he has to be at extremes yeah and like she very validly can't live with that Mm mm-hmm so Mulder just keeps asking where his sister is while Terminator literally throws him around like a rag doll, um, like literally by his foot. <laughs> Terminator says that Samantha's alive and then goes to throw him out the side on the ice. Um, Mulder tries shooting him in the base of the neck, but he fucking misses because he's being thrown around on the ground um, and uh, starts screaming as like the gaseous blood goes all bubbly in the air. Um so Terminator Man goes blast off underwater in the sub. Got a blast. Which I guess is a spaceship. No, no, no. He's going down underwater in his sub. Yeah. Um, while Mulder lays on the ice and he like almost goes smush, but he doesn't. So cut now to the starting shot of the last episode as Scully bursting into the hospital, holding her badge and yelling at doctors. Never gets old. A plus. Scully tries to explain to the doctor that he need, that Mulder needs to stay cold and that he's been exposed to a retrovirus. And this doctor really can't take a woman coming in here and telling him he's wrong. Like, his dick just shrivels up. So her coming in there and being like, I'm going to be the one to save my man is so hot. Like, the way she rips off her jacket and then just takes yeah. over and saves him among all these people in medical uniform like okay i know i'm jumping ahead like a tiny tiny bit but like when she was standing by his side like doing the clear thing i was like what a fucking power couple they are literally like 
Literally. The fact that she came in there and was like, I am going to save my man. Exactly. In like just normal clothes. And she like knows what the fuck she's talking about. It, I just, I can't explain the feelings that that elicited inside of me. Okay, it's, it's the most powerful. Her like, intelligence is so, her intelligence is hot. I yeah. think that's what it comes down to. Oh yeah. Smart is sexy. Smart is sexy. So she finally gets the doctor to come around and she like takes off her jacket, like you said, and she's like, let's get him out of that tub now. And like Dana Catherine Scully cannot be stopped. I wrote, she's arrived to save her damsel in distress and no one can tell her otherwise. That is her princess in the tub. Like, what? (laughs) She has come to rescue. She fucking revives his heart herself and she, like, keeps doing the little clear thing and, like, saying push whatever of Epi or whatever doctors say. Can you tell that I'm a science person? Um, um, And the doctor's like, this isn't going to work. And she's like, he's going to make it. And then she strokes his hair and his face. Okay. And, like, and then I wrote cut to a sudden Scully profile shot. And this episode really attacked you. And I'm so sorry. That's, I, I watched this scene so many times. I rewound where she's, he's, I rewound where she's, where she's like clear. And then he's like, I got a pulse. She's like, Yes. I rewound from that moment. It's, she says it so, so so quickly, it doesn't even come up in closed captions. But she, I rewound that part so many times. And then I rewound the part where they show her profile so many fucking times. I was on this scene for 20 minutes. Yeah. It's just the way she strokes his head. She's like, okay, we've got the plasma. We've got the oxygen. We've got the, I wrote, I wrote how, to, how to say this, the digoxin. 0.1 milligram IV. Nice. We've got a he- we've got a heparin drip. Well done. And now, boop, a little gentle head rub. It's gonna be okay, baby. That was <laughs> that like was her. Faces. Yeah, and then the profile shot. I just have. It was just the way she like stroked his hair and rubbed his face while like looking. I'm like, oh, that was the final thing. That was what did it. It was like, yeah, all the medical stuff. But like the, without the love, head stroke, without love, was, where are you? Was the final? Was the final? Um, the final ticket. You guys, this is a love story. <laughs> yeah, duh. duh. So, cut to her sitting by Mulder's hospital bed, and her voiceover. Um, and we hear a voiceover, which is her saying that, um, with transfusions and antivirals, they were able to basically save him. And she also says in her voiceover that, um, now she's fucking determined to understand this shit. And I was like, oh, fuck, babe. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Skedio. <laughs> um, and she says, it was science that saved Agent Mulder's life. But I'm like, baby, it was you. Come on. Give yourself some it was credit. You. It was you and your science. Yeah, it was your science. So Mulder wakes up and she fucking smiles at him so big. You already fucking posted these pictures. I know. I was watching when I posted. I know you were. <laughs> I saw you post that and I was like, that yitch. I, I, there are moments where I just get so overwhelmed with how beautiful she looks. I just am like, pause. <laughs> I need to screen cap these moments and share them with the world. Um, and she asks him how he's feeling and he does like that fucking same wind knocked out of him voice. And he's like, I've got a bad case of freezer burn. And she's like, he, he like starts off okay. 
And then he just gives up and just starts whispering. Yeah, because he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to do with his voice. But she doesn't care. She's so happy to hear him tell her a bad joke. Like, she is just over the moon. And so she tells him what happened and then says, thanks for ditching me. And then he apologizes, which I don't think we've heard before this point, nearly 40 episodes in. Looks like you have to give up your pinky toe or whatever you said you would give up to hear him apologize to her. Oh, no, not my pinky toe. It's going to throw off my balance. R.I.P. Oh, no. Snip, snip. <laughs> he says, I couldn't let you risk your life on this. And she's like, well, did you find what you're looking for? And he's like, no, but I found something I thought I'd lost. Faith to keep looking. Which, like, whatever. But then she smiles at him again. And then that's the end of the episode. When good episodes end, I like to try to stop the credits from rolling before Chris Carter's name gets typed out all the way. <laughs> just to spite him. And I succeeded in this episode. I love that for you. That's so good. But when it's a particularly shitty one, you just, like, let it go. I just let it roll. Like, yeah, that's right. You let wrote that. You wrote that. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but when it's good, you're like... <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, I'm not even joking. I try to stop it. I got it on, like... On like C half of an H. Oh, beautiful. Well done. Yeah, I know. What a great episode so, C half an H wrote. I'd also, which I thought was interesting, um, found the promotional spot for this episode that aired like before this, like as a promo mm-hmm. for a promotional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Um, no, you're not. For this episode. Don't talk to my friend like that. <laughs> that was so mean to yourself. Don't do that. Okay, take it back. And um, it's so funny because Scully is in like two parts of it for like two seconds. And it's very much much so framed as like, do you want to watch it really quickly? It's like 30 seconds. I was shocked, honestly, at like how. Especially since she's the one that saves the day. Yeah, they make it like Mulder's story. And they literally say like on this week's episode, Agent Mulder, blah, 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 blah. They really frame the show as Mulder's show. Like, this is proof of that. Well, he's listed before her. Like, we, they absolutely frame it like his show. Like, it's his journey. And Scully's, like, on the level of Skinner in background. When she's exactly. literally the one that saves... Okay, wow, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, she's framed as, like, a sidekick. Yeah. And even though Scully's science... Sa- like you just said, science, her science saves him... She still 100% feels like a peripheral character. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and not even in this narrative where like, it is explicitly said that her faith and her science is what saves him. Mm-hmm. But like, even in her own fucking journey of being abducted, yeah. it doesn't even feel like her, like her narrative. Oh. She still feels like a peripheral character. She's nasty. I got really sad because... Maybe it's because, I mean, it is because of my period, but I got really, really sad because I just was thinking like, Julian Anderson is so talented. And even though she was giving 100%, even 200% of herself at times, they still fucking abused her on the show. They still made her needing to take pregnancy leave, her needing to take time off to give birth to birth life feel like a burden and then when she showed she was capable of so much more than what they were giving scully it took so much time to compensate her yeah so much time and it like didn't stick it was like no it was like throwing wet noodles against the wall and they were falling off and then throwing them again 
Jelaine Anderson deserves reparations. She absolutely does. She absolutely does, first of all. But then also, it's like, it's so beautiful to see her career just absolutely skyrocketing right now. Like, she is very clearly at the peak of her career. We could talk about this all day, but yeah. Um, so that was our Jillian's Corner. ba 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 da ba Jillian's Corner. We love you. Thank you for listening and being on this um, journey with us. Please let us know if you liked the beginning segment. And eat some chocolate, kick a man, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> on The Sex Files. The Sex Files. Bye-bye. Bye.